Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I am your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey. And you are listening to me on the Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And though the show normally airs Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, this week only, well, maybe after the fact, right? It is airing on Saturday at 3 p.m., but with a regular re-air on Sunday at 6 p.m. And the reason for the bump in the time slot for only this Saturday is because of the wonderful Blue Jacket Convention, right? And you don't mind stepping aside for those guys, because that is not only the future of farming, but the future of America. So that is why the next Saturday, we will be back at the regular time of 11 a.m. Eastern with the re-air Sunday at 6 p.m., if that all makes sense, right? But don't worry about it, because if you do miss an episode... You could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and click on the tab that says FMD Radio, and one week after it airs on Sirius XM, it will be there in its entirety, and is also on most major, if not all, podcast hosting sites the following week, too. So we got you covered in all ways. And, you know, it's a great thing to have that FFA convention and all those young people and they're so passionate about agriculture and about America and uh, just uh, can't, like a racehorse in a gate, can't waiting to get out into the world and make their mark on the world and make things better. And that is absolutely wonderful. But there is a thing that's happening that has nothing to do with them, is that when the Detroit auto industry, and in the vernacular of the in of the business when we say Detroit we mean the domestic car manufacturers because they are all housed in the Detroit area per se uh they used to all be in Detroit but lots of them are on the on the suburbs now of Detroit for various reasons but the question I want to ask you today and then I'm going to share with you my my thoughts on it is that the Detroit shoot itself detroit inc right incorporate the auto industry the domestic auto industry shoot itself in the foot by eliminating by not making cars they they canceled all their cars the past couple of years four dozen other than the mustang doesn't make a traditional sedan or car uh chrysler which is now stellantis uh is getting out of the car business and uh, general motors is getting out of the car business car meaning sedans all right, regular cars, and everybody, and they're all pivoting to trucks and SUVs. And then also, those three companies, along with a lot of the offshore companies, are making a switch to electrification and electric vehicles. So that is going to be the topic of our show today, but my focus is going to be on the Detroit industry, because to be quite honest with you, because you know I'm a straight shooter from New Jersey, I... (laughs) You know, as a, as a Christian, I always say, I don't care, but I don't care, all right? I don't care about what happens with Toyota in Japan or Hyundai in Korea or BMW in Germany, who I used to work for as a contract engineer, but I care about America and North America, America and Canada and that industry. And, you know, there's a, I made the connection, the segue to the FFA convention because a lot of people don't recognize, and I can understand why, 
because if you're not in that community, it'd be hard for you to recognize. But most of most, if not all, of the technology that the agricultural community is ballyhooing uh, in the tractors, in the combines, and the sprayers, all of those electronic controls all have their roots. If if not if not all of them, 99% of them, probably other than auto steer, have their roots and were developed in the auto industry. And I've said this before on this show, is that, you know, what is developed in the auto industry trickles down into agricultural machinery. So if we lose that American auto industry, not only will we lose uh, our, our standing in the world, not only will we lose all of those jobs and those oppor- and those opportunities for society, right? But we will lose all of that technology, and all the technology will come to a standstill, because the auto industry is a big driver of technology in all different ways. Big driver in electronics, uh, twelve volt DC electronics. It's a big driver in control systems. And it's a it's much bigger than most people think. But there's also an aside to that, the the modernization and the and the developments that are that are in place in the auto factories also trickle down into agricultural equipment. So it's a lose lose for everybody. It's a lose lose for the small towns of the United States and Canada because of their manufacturing base, which we're going to discuss. And it's a lose lose as far as the technology is concerned and the innovation is concerned. And it's a lose lose for jobs and for our economy. So there is nothing good about it from my perspective. But I'm going to ask you to sit pat during this short sponsor break and then we will be back right after that but never forget what agriculture runs on machinery and also detroit did you know you can get home and away feeds for every mlb nfl and college football game on your phone i can't believe it every game all season it's all on the sirius xm app sports the way they're meant to be heard with your hometown announcers just, just a, a tap, tap away, away. search for your team then tap the star on the corner of the screen and save it as your favorite it is gone an incredible finish and if you love college sports when the game is on just search for your school it's always a home game when you listen to sports on the sirius xm app free for most subscribers American farmers and ranchers know that weather can have a big influence on the markets. That's why our weather team at RFD-TV is committed to bringing you accurate agricultural-based forecasts that affects our lands and livestock from coast to coast. You named RFD-TV the most accurate and trusted source for commodities information as it happens, and we can help you prepare ahead for major storms and weather-related events. Join us every morning on the Market Day Report, weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD-TV. Hey y'all, my name is Jenna Heideman. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I get to hear the music and life stories of singers and songwriters with Western roots. I'm not a cowgirl, but as much as I love this culture, I dang sure should have been one. Tune in right here on Rural Radio to Should Have Been a Cowgirl and hear the stories right from our Music Row studios that you won't find anywhere else. A little bit of rodeo and a whole lot of country music. That's Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM. Rural 
is the roots of our nation. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. Western sports, country music, comedians. It's an attitude. The rural lifestyle and the ag industry. It's not just farming. We've got everything from hunting, fishing, and conservation. Horses and horse training. Of news, weather, and the commodity markets. Sirius XM, it doesn't matter where you are in North America, it's always there. They'll have it in their trucks, in their combines, in their tractors. To hear Sirius XM's Rural Radio, activate your radio now. Call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly. All right, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And uh, if you're really not paying attention to news, there's so many horrific things going in the world, going on in the world, and in, in in everybody's life is so busy, it's easy to miss this. But um, there's a lot of problems going on in the Detroit auto industry, and it goes way beyond the UAW strike. That's the icing on the cake. Uh, I will not even discuss that at this particular point. But the, a show on the domestic auto industry, the Detroit auto industry, could go on for three of these episodes. But I'm not going to do that. But in essence, in a nutshell, if you are not aware of it, is that the current management in all three companies has decided over the past few years that the American public, and when I say the American public, I mean North America, so that's Canada also, our good friends up to the north, do not want to buy cars anymore. And within, as I said in the opening, within that vernacular, within that community, when you say cars, you're talking about a car, a sedan, a Chevy Impala, a, 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 a Ford Taurus, a, 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 a Buick LeSabre. All right, I'm just throwing names around. All right, a, a, a Chrysler New Yorker, which they haven't made that for years. But anyway, that every, that they ha- they're under the impression that the public wants nothing but pickup trucks and SUVs. And that's a little bit jaded on our side of it because most people in agriculture did uh, always had pickup trucks, but we always had a car. Almost every family back years ago had a station wagon, right? The the, uh, Ford... um, Country Squire, that was, you know, a big seller in rural America. And then as time went on, the auto industry felt that people did not want cars anymore. I'm just going to condense this. And they started to eliminate all the cars. So, the only, so, for instance, take Ford, for example, because Ford was a big driver, not in this, but Ford was a big driver because of Henry Ford being a farmer, all right, uh, in the auto industry back over 100 years ago, is that... Um, Ford, the only car that they have is the Mustang. So everything else is an SUV or a pickup truck. Now, if you look at that, uh, then you could say to yourself, well, that's all right, maybe for your particular needs. All right, so maybe you living on a farm or a ranch, you say, well, I really like having a pickup truck because, or an SUV because of the conditions and the roads and the mud, whatever. All right, so I can understand that. But you have to realize that as much as to my chagrin, that America is more than a person on a farm or on a ranch. And that means that that vehicle may work for you, but does that necessarily work for someone living in Los Angeles or in a suburb of Chicago or in Florida or what have you? All right, so it doesn't work for everybody. So by removing those products from their lineup and not updating those products, which was one of the problems that they chose to to ignore it and not update them, which I'm not, let's say I said, this show could go on for 10 episodes, but... What they've done is that they made a product that 
the public did not want. All right, and what then they labeled it as saying, well, people don't want cars. No, maybe they don't want the particular car style or model or design that you haven't updated for 10 years or 15 years. All right, but that does not mean that they don't want cars. Just like, you know, if I go, to, I love pizza, right? So if I go to a pizza place and the guy says, we only have pizza with anchovies, eh, I'll pass, I'll get a, I'll get a, I'll get a sub sandwich or a hero or, or something like that. Or, all right, that doesn't mean I don't want pizza. I don't want pizza with anchovies on it. All right, so the thing is that they, they, they did away with that and they did it under the guise of saying, well, the public doesn't want it. Well, the public doesn't want, everybody in the world doesn't want pizza with anchovies. All right. So to make it a simplistic analogy of that. And what they did is that they pushed the pickup truck market and they put more uh, more luxury in pickup trucks. They did all that as, as a replacement. And like most things in life, that when you start to make a change, that there is a bump up in your sales or a bump up in your, cur- in, in your profits or what have you, because you are uh, satisfying that market. All right. Well, what they call in business a pent up demand. Well, the thing is that the pent-up demand is no longer a demand, right? Because the market is saturated. And, you know, as people in agriculture, we understand saturation of a market. All you have to do is listen to to uh, the market they report on rural radio. And then you get something, you get a Wozni report, you get something else, or uh, or uh, China cancels a, a, load of, a load of corn or a load of soybeans, and then the market drops and it goes up. I mean, somebody gets a, gets, gets a bloody nose and the market changes today. All right, so <clears throat> what basically happened is that we know saturation of the market <clears throat> from agriculture, right? Because if the farmer is efficient and good at what he does, he becomes penalized in most instances because that drives the commodity price down. Because, oh, we got a bumper crop of corn. Oh, we're going to drop the price down. We got a bumper crop of milk. Oh, oh yeah, we're going to drop the price down. So the auto industry has saturated, has saturated that market with pickup trucks and SUVs. You're only going to sell so many of those. And now add insult to the injury is that there are so many different brands in the united states right so it's not only the big three stellantis general motors and ford but there's so many different foreign brands that we never had 30 40 years ago so we're cutting up the pie into very very small pieces and usually in life when you cut up the pie to very very small pieces nobody wins all right, so now that's that. The next thing is that these people, and I'm, and it may not sound respectful, but I don't really want to be respectful, to be quite honest with you. The suits and ties, right? The guys in the overalls, the farmers, the workers, the union guys, the construction workers, the, the, the coal miners, they're the ones that built America, and the guys in the suits and ties right now, not, not always, are the ones that are ruining it, all right? And they're raping it. So these, and I'm going to use the word yo-yos, all right? Ah, maybe I'm not politically correct, but I've never been. These yo-yos who first decided that people don't want cars, now they decide that we don't, that nobody wants gasoline or internal combustion engines is the proper way of us to, of identifying it and saying that we want to go to electrification, all right? So everybody's coming out not just detroit but as i said in the opening my high concern is detroit everybody's coming out with electric cars electric trucks electric pickup trucks ford the f-150 lightning uh gm the hummer ev hummer pickup truck the uh 
There's Silverado Electric. Ram is coming out. So everybody's coming out with this electrification. And, you know, there's a monkey see, monkey do attitude in the world today. Is that, and subsequently from, and, you know, this is, hey, this is like an op-ed. It's the world according to me, a guy from Cat Swamp Road. You know, now the agricultural community is saying, well, we should have electrified tractors and we should have electrified combine and uh, the cons- we should have electrified backhoe and electrified this and that. So, so they're monkey see, monkey doing that, all right? And there's a whole cadre of issues with that as far as having a practical application, either for a person using a vehicle, whether you're a farmer or a guy living in Brooklyn, New York, all right, and and a, a lot of pitfalls with you having that electrification brought into agricultural equipment. But nevertheless, they're all going that way because these people all follow one another, all right? And as I said in the opening segment, the auto industry leads the way, just like people used to say uh, that California leads the way as far as trends are concerned, well, the auto industry leads the way. But now, why am I very concerned with this? Because, number one, as I started to say and got off on a tangent, is that the auto industry is bleeding money. And why are they bleeding money? Because they put a, first of all, the the market is saturated with pickup trucks. I am not going to buy a $70,000, $80,000 pickup truck. It does not suit my needs. All right, I will buy a pickup truck that I could use on the farm, but that's me. All right, there are people, there are people who need and want to buy a seventy, eighty thousand dollar pickup truck. There's not hundreds of millions of them. All right, so the thing basically is that you can't support an industry on that. All right, but the other thing is that they're putting so much money from the profits from their pickup trucks, right? And the rest of you, because that's the bump, right? The curve, you get that bump, right? You got a bump in the market, you sold some grain, right? At a good price. All of a sudden, you got a pocket full of money, right? And you feel, well, that doesn't mean what's going to happen next year. And then they're putting a ton, a ton, billions, billions with a B, not millions, billions into the research and development and building battery plants. Ford is building a big plant down in, in Tennessee, uh, the general, I mean, they're all doing the same thing. It's, I'm not going to pick on one company, right? And all the billions of dollars into research for electrification. And when you put billions of dollars into something in one way, so just like if you, let's say, arguably, if you were going to raise row crops and you were going to raise broilers and you put all your money into the broiler house, then you're going to end up starving your row crop operation. That's basically what happened. And they're bankrupting themselves because based upon what the what the data is right now uh is that on every electric vehicle sold whether it's a mustang Mach e whether it's an ele- electric chevy bolt whether it's like i said they all got electric i don't want to pick on one company thinking that they're making a mistake and the others aren't they're losing a ton of money by one by by one resource they said that ford is losing about sixty thousand dollars on every electric mustang mach e they buy they sell they're right losing losing so you're selling a guy a sixty thousand dollar vehicle and you're still losing 60 on top of it you're right so that does that math does not work and when that math does not work you are putting the sovereignty of the united states of america you're putting the sovereignty of its people 
and it it, it and its towns and its cities in jeopardy. So that is why that is what we're going to discuss right after this short sponsor break. The necessities of life, food, water, shelter. And your favorite radio hosts, this is Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. And Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Beck. Join us every week right here for the Ranch It Up Radio Show. And the Bend Radio Show. We talk cattle, market, sale barn reports, news. Cooking, lifestyle, outdoors, recreation. And everything in between. And there's a lot in between. Ranch It Up. And the Bend. This is Capri Cafaro, host of Eat Your Heartland Out. Every week we explore the rich yet often overlooked culinary depth of the American Midwest. Together we'll learn about the foodways of our region through compelling interviews with a variety of guests, each of whom highlight a unique thread in the Midwestern culinary tapestry. Tune in for Eat Your Heartland Out, Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM 147. Real Ag Radio is Canada's only daily radio show focused on agriculture. Get expert advice on Agronomic Monday. Tuesdays and Wednesdays will cover a broad range of issues. Thursday, we'll hear from farmers across the country on the Farmer Rabbit Fire. And we'll wrap things up Fridays with the Real Ag Issues panel with Kelvin Hepner and Lindsay Smith. Join us Monday through Friday at 4.30 Eastern. And don't forget about the replay at 7 in the morning on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Live when the markets are open, Market Day Report delivers the agribusiness news, weather, and markets of the day from across the world, covering what's important to you and your farm, including instant updates on prices that impact your bottom line. You voted RFD-TV is the most trusted source of farm market information for producers. Stream Market Day Report on RFD-TV now or tune in Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on RFD-TV. Everybody, welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. We only got a couple of minutes left here, and you know the important thing <clears throat> that I need to establish, which I did not, is that what the Detroit industry is doing is chasing people over to the import cars. All right, that's because if I have a, a, a good friend of mine who always bought American cars. He needs a new car. He had a Ford Focus, two hundred something thousand miles. Loved it, right? He's going to end up probably buying a Toyota or a Kia or a Hyundai or something because there's no sedans. He don't need a pickup truck. He doesn't need an SUV. He needs a car, all right? So the thing is that what we're basically doing is the Detroit is putting themselves out of business and allowing the foreign manufacturers to gobble up all of that market share, all right, because they're still making cars. Toyota still has the Camry. They have a Toyota Corolla. Uh, the, 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 Nissan has has cars, all right, go through all of them and the fact that as in, in shoving the people over there without those foreign companies spending a nickel on advertising all right so they shoot themselves in the foot this car this domestic water industry but most importantly is that with us in agriculture there is i said the trickle down effect 
of the technology, the electronics, the control circuits, the engine management systems, all of this, the things, the circuits we use on a combine, all have their roots, no pun intended, in the auto industry. The the, the biggest farm equipment manufacturer is like a kid with a, a is like, like a kid with a lemonade stand versus a supermarket. The Detroit auto industry has so much resources, so much development. All right. So if we if they end up and r- literally General Motors is on the verge of going bankrupt. All right. And, and the taxpayers bailed them out. Ford didn't take any money. Uh, Chrysler took money. GM took money and bailed them out. And now you figure that was 2009. So it's 2013 and 14 years they came with no debt and now they're almost out of business because of that. What That's poor management. That's like you inheriting a farm, no cost whatsoever, all the equipment, all everything, and some operating cash in the bank, and 10 years later you're broke. Well, that's poor management and poor decisions. Case closed. All right, so they're doing that, and that is going to have... God forbid if it happens, all right? Not just General Motors, Ford and Chrysler also, Stellantis, right? I mean, when, when a company keeps changing their names, that's frightening, all right? So, uh, you know, but anyway, the thing is that the impact on every aspect of America, not only rural America, but every aspect of America, if, that, if the auto industry implodes and collapses, Yes, and then we give that all over to the foreign manufacturers, the small towns in America, the factories, the the, the, the factories in cities, all right? They're all going to be impacted. We talk about those FFA kids, right? Where are they going to go to work? Where are your kids going to go to work? I don't care if they're in it. Where are you going to go to work? I'm not even going to worry about your kids. Where are you going to go to work? It's your job to support the family. You're the man of the family, right? Where are you going to go to work? right it is not good like i said i could go on for this for an hour and a half it is not good but it is never just like it's not good to lose farmland it's not good to lose our manufacturing base and then the and then the the mindset the driver and i hate to keep using that word the driver of the industry you know a lot of people don't know it and i'm going to close with that if but if if anybody's ever heard of the sloan kettering cancer centers well, that was founded many, many years ago by Alfred Sloan, who was the former, was, who was the founder of General Motors, and Charles Kettering, they used to call him Boss Kettering, who invented the starter motor, all right, and he was the one who founded Delco, Dayton Electric Company, was bought up by General Motors. Both of their wives died of cancer, all right, and they came to the medical community back 70 80 years ago and said hey what could we do and general motors the car guys general motors in warren michigan in the technical center developed for free for the world on general motors nickel the mri machine obviously it's went through evolutionary changes and said and gave it to the world for free the first mechanical heart 1953 came out out of the GM Technical Center, all right, in Warren, Michigan. So much of the, when we went to first man on the moon, a lot of those electronics, a lot of tech, Huntsville Electric, which was part of Chrysler, did a lot of those electronics. So when, if we were to lose this industry, not only are we going to lose those jobs, not only are we going to lose those factories and everything they consume, and the, and the ancillary jobs, the guy works in a factory, and then he goes over and he uh, buys a cup of coffee. We're going to lose America. So this is something that I'm very, very, very concerned about. 
and it is something that that it is just poor management. It's these suit and tie people throwing though they're, they're whatever from from a hole in a wall. I'll say that, and then they're making these decisions and they're driving these companies and they're lining their pockets on the way out the door and they're going to leave America and rural America and our beloved country just like a <laughs> terrible, just just terrible. So. I'm sorry for it being a different type of show, but I felt that I had to blow the Claxton horn and let you know. And know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher in my beloved, beloved America. You have a blessed week. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you, God willing, next week. And be safe out there. Come in from the cold. I'm Scott Linden, out and about made possible by LandTrust.com. Here's the bottom line on camping comfortably in winter. Ground protection. Don't count on the built-in floor of your tent. Put a waterproof tarp, even an old shower curtain, underneath it. That keeps moisture in the ground from infiltrating the tent, your sleeping bag, and your toes. Yeah, moisture is what really chills you. So blocking it will help you sleep warmer. Start by laying out your ground cover under your tent before you pitch it. Tuck in any extra ground cover so it doesn't catch rain and funnel it between the ground cover and the tent floor. Then turn in for the night knowing you've laid down a firm foundation of extra protection from the ground up. We're brought to you by LandTrust.com. Earn additional income from your land while retaining complete control. Stream the National Finals Rodeo with your subscription to Cowboy Channel Plus or tune in starting December 7th on the Cowboy Channel, the official home of Pro Rodeo. Stay informed with what's going on throughout agriculture with American Ag Today on Rural Radio Channel 147. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and each weekday, I bring you the latest news, market info, ag tech news, and more with American Ag Today. Weekdays at 6.52 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, this is Penny Gilly from The Penny Gilly Show, and I listen to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.